Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Dynamic Dose Show. I am your host, Allison Bai, and today we're going to talk about boundaries. Now, I know that's a big topic, lots of things to talk about regarding boundaries, but we're only going to kind of like uh, skim the surface today. I have some notes here that I took in some classes on boundaries. Um... So I'm going to go over those with you and we can kind of talk about it. And uh, then I'm going to go over um, the three different types of boundaries. Um, And then if we have time at the end, I can share uh, a boundary or two that I have placed in my life personally, uh, you know, to give an example. But... um, Regarding boundaries as a topic, I don't think this is the last time that boundaries will be discussed in my podcast because there's just so much to boundaries and boundary setting and maintaining and all that good stuff. So consider this boundaries part one. Um, And my first set of notes here says uh, setting healthy boundaries And how to not feel bad. (laughs) I just think that's so funny because setting boundaries is so hard. And uh, it, it like automatically makes me personally feel kind of guilty. Like I'm doing something wrong, even though I'm, I'm taking a step to protect myself and my sanity and my boundaries. And people shouldn't feel bad for doing that. It's just, that's all a part of boundaries. That's all a part about, but I have dyslexia. <laughs> um, it's all encompassed into setting boundaries. So uh, here we go. Let's just get started. What's a boundary? <laughs> like that's a simple question. Um, anyway. A healthy boundary is a space around yourself that gives you sense of security and safety. Physical boundaries exist. You won't let someone push, punch, kick, or hit you unless you have unhealthy boundaries. Emotional boundaries are important too. For example, you won't let people insult you, call you names, or tell you where to go or what to do if you have healthy boundaries. Mental boundaries also exist. Mentally healthy boundaries involve knowing that you have the freedom to express your opinions and thoughts without being ridiculed or judged. Why are healthy boundaries important? Healthy boundaries let you choose who you allow into your space and how they treat you. They also help you figure out who you are an individual separate from everyone else, and what treatment you'll accept. Healthy boundaries are important because they give you a clear sense of who you are. You know which emotions, thoughts, opinions, and feelings are yours when you have them. You can differentiate between yours and someone else's opinions and feelings with a clear sense of self. When should you set your boundaries? The best time to set healthy boundaries 
is before they're actually needed. It's hard to know and apply boundaries when someone is insulting or criti criticizing you, for example. Um, what I have to say about this is that it, it is hard to set boundaries before they're actually needed unless you know yourself. So you have to take time to get to know yourself and decide what you will tolerate and what you will not tolerate from people first before anything else. You have to know yourself. And uh, that's, that's why the best time to set boundaries is before they're needed so you don't have to go around scrambling, setting up boundaries, not sure if they're the right ones or if they match your moral code, you know. Anyway, I could get off on a story about that, but we'll, we will continue. Okay, how do you set healthy boundaries? Be honest with yourself. Figure out what you really truly think and feel. Before you can compare yourself to others, you need to admit them to yourself. Figure out the difference, for example, between wanting love because you're insecure and lonely or wanting love because it's a healthy expression of maturity and self. Expressing yourself may be one of the hardest things you'll, do, you'll ever do. Okay, moving on. Um, it's kind of the next section kind of talks about relationships, maybe ro romantic relationships, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So in romantic relationships, we often think of boundaries as a bad thing or simply unnecessary. Isn't our partner supposed to anticipate our wants and needs? Isn't that part of being in love? Aren't boundaries callous? Don't they interfere with the romance and spontaneity of a relationship? Many people assume that having boundaries means not having loving feelings towards their partner, but it's actually the opposite. All healthy relationships have boundaries. It's defined as the line where I end and someone else begins similar to boundaries around states, if you want to get really simple with it. <laughs> Without any line, the distinction becomes confusing. Who owns and maintains this ambiguous space? Which rules apply? When the boundary is clearly defined and respected, you don't need walls or electric fences. People can even cross the boundary occasionally when there's a mutual understanding. However, when a boundary is violated to do harm or take advantage, you'll likely need walls, gates, and guards. In healthy relationships, partners ask permission. Take one another's feelings into account. Show gratitude and respect differences in opinion perspectives, and feelings. In less healthy relationships, 
partners assume their partner feels the same way they do. They ignore the effects of violating their partner's boundary. Quote, they'll, they'll get over it. End quote. Boundaries in romantic relationships are especially critical because as opposed to other relationships, partners inhabit each other's most intimate spaces, including physical, emotional, and sexual. Communicating your boundaries is key, but what does it look like? Okay, so really quick, we're going to go through a little, little blurb here. It says, boundaries that don't work. Boundaries that often fail are those that include the words always, never, or any absolute language. Such boundaries are usually unrealistic and don't last. And here's two tips. The first tip is to use I statements. These statements help you own your feelings and allow your partner to feel more at ease and less offensive. So your, your I statements could be I think, I feel, etc. I'm sure you get the, the gist of it. Tip two is to try the sandwich approach. This consists of a compliment, then a criticism, than a compliment. Starting with a compliment prevents your partner from getting defensive. So that those are uh, two trip uh, tips to try. I'm sure you can find more on the internet. I'm gonna just take a drink really quick. Thanks for bearing with me. Okay. This next section is protecting personal boundaries, and it, it, it's kind of going to describe uh, what visual imagery we're going to do at the end. Um, so, it'll, it'll make sense. It'll make sense at the end. Okay, so personal boundaries are key to healthy relationships. These boundaries are the space around yourself that gives you a clear sense of who you are and where you're going. When you choose who you allow into your physical, emotional, and mental spaces, you're activating your personal boundaries. The key to healthy relationships is a strong sense of personal boundaries. If they've collapsed or are inflexible, your relationships will suffer. So, inflexible boundaries uh, in the handout, I'm, I'll read after this, it, it is going to call it rigid boundaries, okay? So, inflexible boundaries, a.k.a. rigid boundaries. Personal boundaries can become rigid and unyielding, like walls between you and others. If you have these, you may fear being hurt, vulnerable, or taken advantage of, have trouble identifying wants, needs, and feelings, Say, saying no if requests involve close interaction with others, avoid intimacy by staying freakishly busy, picking fights, or avoiding people, which is 
uh, fear of intimacy, refusing to share personal information, fear of abandonment or suffocation, and avoidance of close relationships, struggling with loneliness, low self-esteem, distrust, anger, and control. Okay, uh, the next one is uh, collapse boundaries in the handout. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in the handout that I'm going to read from, it is called porous boundaries. So collapse boundaries, a.k.a. porous boundaries. Personal boundaries can be weak or non-existent. The proverbial doormat, in quotes, has collapsed boundaries. If you have these, you may say yes to all requests because you fear rejection and abandonment, tolerate abuse or disrespectful treatment, feel you deserve to be treated poorly, avoid conflict, have no sense of who you are, what you feel, need, want, and think, not seeing flaws or weaknesses in others, Focusing on pleasing those around you. Taking on the feelings of others. And finally, I'm going to read about healthy boundaries, which is also what it's called in the handout, by the way. Um, okay, so personal boundaries are evident and effective when you know who you are and treat yourself and others with respect. Um, I just want to point out that that says treat yourself and others. Yourself and others with respect. If you feel these, you may feel free to say yes or no without guilt, fear, or anger. Refuse to tolerate abuse or disrespect. Refuse to take on others' problems. Have a strong sense of identity. Respect yourself. Share responsibility with others and expect reciprocity in relationships. And finally, feel freedom, security, peace, joy, and confidence. So that is the ideal place to be. So, um, on this boundary styles handout that I have here. Okay, so we talked about the, the inflexible boundaries first, right? So, I said that was rigid boundaries. So, imagine a circle. And uh, imagine a full, complete circle. No empty spots. It has to all be complete. So if you just think about, think about the circle and when you think about it, no good can come into the circle because there's a boundary. No bad can come into the circle because there's no boundary. So it's deflecting positive and negative things in life. And it says to have rigid boundaries, it keeps most people at a distance. Uh, you tend to be very untrusting of others, very guarded with personal information, says no most of the time, 
detached from others' problems, ignores others' opinions, avoids conflict by pushing others away, has inflexible personal values, and communicates aggressively. On the other side of the spectrum, we have porous boundaries, which in the previous reading, I called them collapsed boundaries, aka the proverbial doormat. And when you think of this circle, I want you to think of the circle instead of being a line, make the circle out of dots. So you just have a, you have a circle, but it's just a circle with dots. So you're letting positive things come in through the openings, but since there's so many openings, the negative things are coming in too. And if for porous boundaries, it says, let's almost anyone get close to them, overly trusting of, of others, even strangers, Oversh overshares personal information. Look, I never claim to be perfect. I can't talk today. This is uh, just me being real. I'm as real as it's going to get. I'm human and imperfect. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Anyway. They're overly involved in others' problems. This is porous boundaries to remind you. Quick to adopt others' opinions. Avoids conflict by giving in to others. Does not assert personal values. And communicates passively. <clears throat> okay, so. We've talked about both sides of the spectrum. And just like I talked about healthy boundaries in my previous reading... It has healthy boundaries here again. And for your circle, for healthy boundaries, I want you to think of it as uh, a circle made out of dashes. So there's a dash, then a space, dash, space, dash, space. So there's small areas to where things can come in, but there's still a large area where things can be deflected. And it says, you're selective about whom to let in and keep out. Takes time to build trust with others. Shares personal information appropriately. Able to say no when needed. Supports others without being too involved. Values both own and others' opinions. Accepts conflicts as a normal part of life. Stands by personal values but can adapt. And communicates assertively. Alrighty, folks. I am going to give you my real-life example of boundaries. It might get a little personal. If it's too much, you can stop stop the, the episode. But I'm going to get real. Because like I said, I'm real. I'm honest. I'm truthful. And I want to be real so people don't feel alone. Because I have been there.
and it's the only place to be. So regarding boundaries, I'm going to talk about boundaries I had to set with my mom. Okay, so I'm not going to, I'm going to try to not give out too much personal information. Um, just that uh, she is disabled. She has been for many years. Um, uh, I'm just going to get right to it and say it. I was hesitating because it's such a personal issue um, or topic. She, basically her boyfriend, which I considered my stepdad at the time, his name is Andy, and I would like the world to know that. <laughs> I don't care. That's who he is, and he molested me. So anyway, she lives with Andy, who molested me, and she didn't believe it happened. I reported it because... A really good friend of mine at the time, like, pushed me into reporting in the best, most loving way ever. I'm not even saying anything bad about her or that event. But anyway, I reported it. Nothing came of it because there was no proof. It was my word against his. Okay, back to mom. Uh, she's a narcissist. She's emotionally ab abusive. Uh, she thinks she's right all the time. She does apologize if she needs something. Or if uh, we haven't talked to her for a while. Uh, and maybe she's lonely. She'll apologize or find out a way to reach us. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, I have personally decided to uh, block her. Now, I have blocked her in the past for periods of time. So, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, uh, like... I'm trying to visualize, like, with the circle, what that would look like for that situation, but I can't really describe it to you. Um, yeah, so I uh, did that for, uh, I blocked her for periods of time, and then I would try and reconnect again, and something would be said, or something would happen, and I'd have to block her again, because, um, she was going against my values. She was crossing my boundaries. She was um, making me feel bad about things that I shouldn't feel bad for that were actually her fault or Andy Price's fault. Um, but at the time that I was doing this, I knew where the boundary line, lines laid. You know what I mean? I knew that I was worth something. And I was worth not letting people, even though it's my mom, that should inherently love me, right? 
even though it's my mom, I knew that a boundary had to be placed to not let anyone treat me the way she was treating me. And I laid that boundary down. And uh, to me, that was a healthy boundary because it was protecting me. Not saying it wasn't hard because it was hard as hell because it's my mom. And she's all I ever wanted in this world. But um, my old mom uh, figuratively died a long time ago. And I'll never get her back. And this version of mom now is completely different. And she will never go back to the way she was. And uh, that's where acceptance comes in for me. Um, so we would, we would go back and forth. Uh, you know, blocking. Unblocking. Blocking. Unblocking. One day. I'm going to wrap this up because it's getting a little long. Um, one day she, in a text message, when I had her unblock, she said, and if Andy, Andy truly molested you, where is the proof? Now just think about that for a second. This happened to me when I was 14 and 15 years old. I'm 32 years old now. How do you think that made me feel? I'm sure whatever you're thinking in your head is right. I can promise you it's probably close to right. Um, to me, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And usually while I don't believe in having like completely rigid boundaries with people, when someone has done you wrong so many times and crossed your limits, crossed your boundaries, question, uh, made you question your moral compass and your decisions in life and who you are as a person, when they have done that, I think it's appropriate for you to set a rigid boundary and remove that person from your life. So that's what I did. I blocked her and I told her, I am blocking you and I am not unblocking you ever again. Recently, she found a way to reach me in email. And the only thing she talked about was uh, the COVID vaccine, which I don't even want to talk about on my podcast. I don't care what your stance is. Everybody has their own opinions, and I don't care about any of that. So don't even, don't start conversations about that. I'm just saying, out of everything she could talk about, the email was about COVID vaccine. And I sent her an email back uh, telling her how ridiculous she was and blah, blah, blah. And I blocked her on my email. So if she really wants to get a hold of me, the only way she can do that is sending me a letter in the mail. I can't really 
do anything about that or uh, driving to my house, which if that happens, I'll probably call the, call the cops. So, I mean, that's, this is more information than I intended to share, but uh, I really just wanted to let you guys in and give you a real world example of boundaries and adjusting boundaries and readjusting boundaries and um, knowing that it's okay to do what you have to do. So we're going to wrap up for now here today. I want to thank you so much for listening if you've made it this far. And please follow me here on Anchor so you can hear my podcasts. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, all under Dynamic Dose Show. Um, One of the most important things you can help me do is to share my podcast with your friends on your social medias. Um, You can tag me on Twitter. I'll retweet you um, just to share share my podcast so I can get more of a of an audience so I can reach more people and hopefully help more people in the long run, if you know what I mean. Okay. So that's my, that, (laughs) that's, that's my spiel. And I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great week. Bye.